0: I watched so much football I had to repent there was so much football on tv I was like I think I've watched too much I just feel it like you know it's just one on after the other the time I turn the tv on there's another game on I think they do that on purpose but anyhow uh but watched a lot of that and then also had a had my good new year's meal yesterday had my pork chops and and black eyed peas and collard greens and all that and so maybe you did too but anyhow so now we're into to 2022 and I'm sure you have a new year's resolution don't you Maybe you don't. Do you know know what actually is the definition of a New Year's resolution? Something that goes in one year and out the other. (laughs) Eh, You'll get it later. But, uh, you know, my New Year's resolution was to read more, more, to read more than I'm reading. And so what I've already done, I've taken steps to accomplish this resolution, and I've gone home, and all our TVs I've turned the closed caption box on. So when I'm watching TV, I'll make sure to read more. That way, anyway. Actually, uh, you know, uh, my my real—if I were to have a resolution, it is not to to be not such a perfectionist in certain areas uh, of my life. And uh, I never knew I was a perfectionist until my wife said, "Yes, you're a perfectionist." I just thought I was me. But anyway, uh, and one one of the ways this was tested over Christmas is that John David got a train track. Two-year-old son turns three in two weeks. He got a train track for Christmas. You know what? Little boy doesn't want a train track for for Christmas, right? And so we we opened up the the track, and I spent some time trying to look at the box and to copy the image of the track, and, you know, I'm not an engineer or anything, but I figured I could at least look at the picture and put the track together, and I did, and for the most part, I had it right. Now, the, the pieces were a little bit different looking on the box than it was in real life, but I figured it out, in about 20 minutes or so, I had the track all put together and so I was all excited and the same thing when I get my son's Legos before I would love to put the uh, put the Legos together and then I give it to them and they're all like and then they, they start tearing it apart right same thing happened with the train track it was all it was all ready to go It had a bridge it went through a tunnel and all this kind of thing and then John David starts playing with it and starts breaking it apart on purpose well you know at least at least I built at least I built it for you You know I can't be perfect it's not going to stay that way and, and then his uh, my brother-in-law came downstairs and 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 He said, man, I spent 30 minutes putting that together. I said, well, he's just going to tear it apart again. So, Because then he tried to put it together as well, and the same thing happened. So perfection in that area of life is not really an attainable uh, goal, as you may know. One uh, author said that the pursuit of excellence is gratifying and healthy. The pursuit of excellence is gratifying and healthy. But the pursuit of perfection is frustrating, neurotic, and a terrible waste of time. So as we get into 22, let's, 2022, let's remember that perfection is a waste of time. The pursuit of excellence is worthy. It's anything that you do, whether it's following Christ or whether it's uh, whatever you're doing in life, that, that, that trying to be excellent at it is more attainable than trying to be perfect at it. Because there's only one person, one being that is perfect, and that is God. And God is perfect in his character. And he is perfect in everything that he is, and he is perfect in his timing which is what we're looking at today god is perfect in his timing and as we look at matthew chapter 2 we will see that today we're looking at what happens what occurred after jesus was born we just had christmas where we celebrated that and and, and sometimes we don't cover enough of the passages that to show us what happened after jesus was born And we see here this in verse 13 of chapter 2. now when they had departed behold an angel of the lord appeared to joseph in a dream became furious, and he sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and in all that region who were two years old or under, according to the time that he had ascertained from the wise men. This was fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping in loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be comforted because they are no more. Verse 19. And being warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. And he went and lived in a city called Nazareth, so that what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled, that he would be called a Nazarene. Father in heaven, as we enter into this new calendar year, it's a natural time, Lord, for us to be thinking about things that we should change in our life, things that we should replace Old habits with new habits. So Father, I pray that you would, you would speak to all of us today as we look at this passage of Scripture about what that could be. But as we see, Lord, in this passage, how you sovereignly protected and guided in your timing baby Jesus and his family. Uh, we know, Lord, that for those who are children of you, sons and daughters of the Most High, that you have a special plan for us as well. special calling for each of us so that you so we pray that you would show us today how we can we can understand the perfection of your timing in our own life as we turn the clocks ahead into 2022. Lord we thank you for what you've done for us in Christ Jesus. I pray Lord that my words are yours today that you fill me with your spirit today and we ask these things in Jesus name. Amen. I want to give you several attributes about God's timing today several truths about god's timing first is that god's timing is perfected many times in our patience it's realized or perfected many times in our patience you know you've heard the old adage don't ever pray for patience because when you pray for patience god is going to give you something to test your patience and to grow you in that patience and that's certainly true verse 13 says that when they had departed an angel of the lord appeared to joseph in a dream and said rise take the child and his mother flee to egypt remain there until i tell you for herod is about to search for the child to destroy him and so he rose verse 14 and he took the child and mother by night and departed to egypt so after the wise men left we know about the wise men some of you do god told joseph in a dream to flee to Egypt for an undisclosed period of time. We believe that Jesus was a little bit older. He could have been as old as two at this time. Wiseman came a little bit later in. And so, and so Joseph obeyed the Lord, and he stayed there until the death of Herod, although he didn't know that he had died, and he didn't know when he would die. Only God knew when Herod would not be on the scene anymore, and and he did not tell Joseph when that would happen. That's And that's something about about. Patience and waiting on God's timing is God doesn't often tell us how long we're gonna to have to wait. He doesn't often tell us what's the next day for us. He just tells us to go and do or to 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 live in a certain way. So God moved them to Egypt to fulfill an old testament prophecy, verse 15. And so that he remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet Hosea 11:1 out of Egypt. I called my son. So we see God working together the, all of these prophecies together. Uh, that he would be born in a, in, in, from Bethlehem. That he would come out of Egypt. That he would grow up in Nazareth. We see how God worked all these things together. Well, how can he be born in one town and come out of another country and grow up in another city? Well, we see here how this happened in this one passage of Scripture. Now, it was about 175 miles from Bethlehem to Egypt, which is about as far as as Monk's Corner, to downtown Greenville. So it's not too far out of the way. Back then it was a little longer because there are no cars and automobiles and that kind of thing. But it was another country, and so it was out of Herod's ruling area. It was far enough away to kind of get off the radar and to be in hiding. So they probably stayed maybe just a few months. We're not real sure. But they'd stay there to wait until the threat on the baby's life had subsided. They didn't know how long it would take, when it would be over. They just obeyed the Lord and did what He said. Sometimes that's more difficult than we, it should be. Amen? God's Word gives us many things that God tells us how we should be and what we should do. And sometimes it's a little difficult just to do what God says, but Joseph did. Now, if you've ever had children or grandchildren or been around children, you know that they are not born patient creatures. They're not. Babies, they cry for their every need, right? Uh, toddlers, they squirm to get down. They, they run away as you dress them. One of the biggest f- battles I have every day is to dress my almost three-year-old. He doesn't want to put his clothes on. He, I think he feels like it's boring or something just to, to, just to be patient for those three seconds to get dressed. He doesn't want to do it. Okay? And Get him out of the bath. The first thing he says is, I don't want my pajamas on. I said, okay, well, we have to get him on at some point tonight, right, yeah. So he runs around, you know, half naked until we go put him to bed. And then he, and then he thinks it's fun to, to chase. So they, they don't have the patience even for that. When they, and when, when they get older, they, they whine when they can't have a toy right when they want it. And when they get, become teenagers, they do and say things that just make no sense at all, right? I mean, they don't know what they're talking about half the time. Patience is a gift from God that we must exercise as we wait on His timing. It's a gift from God we must exercise. When I was watching football this week, they were interviewing uh, Alabama's coach Nick Saban. And he just flat out said, I have no patience. <laughs> he says, I don't have patience to even have this interview with you right now. And I could see him kind of like moving around, like his leg was moving or something as he was talking, ready to kind of get on to the next thing. It is not something that comes easy for many of us. It's a gift of, from God that we must then put into practice. Do, do you think Joseph wanted to uproot his young family and move to a foreign land right after the birth of his baby? No. It's a difficult birth, a difficult travel, difficult delivery. There's a recovery time now. now. He is the father of the Messiah. He didn't want to move to a foreign country. Now, Greenville is not a foreign country, but it's far enough away. I wouldn't want to live there if I'm in Monk's Corner. right? It's a whole different culture up there. It's a whole different area than here. He didn't want to do that. But he trusted in God. And he obeyed God. And he trusted in God's timing. One pastor says this: that waiting for God is not laziness. Waiting for God is not going to sleep. Waiting for God is not the abandonment of effort. Waiting Waiting for God means first, it is activity under command. Second, it is readiness. For any new command that may come, that means you have to be willing to change maybe what you thought you wanted to do. Third, the ability to do nothing until the command is given. Many times patience is just waiting on God to tell us to do something. God told Joseph to remain there, quote, until I tell you. Till I tell you. That's hard to do, isn't it? I saw, many years ago, I saw some kind of experiment they did with children where they put them in a room with a bowl full of candy, and they said now, and they watched them on the other side of the wall, and and they said, now, you can do anything you want to in here, but don't eat any of the candy. And they just waited to see how long it took certain children to actually get one, how long it took them to actually buy, eat a piece or something like that, right? This is kind of like what God's telling Joseph He's saying, don't go, just stay here. Don't leave until I tell you. But he did. That's hard to do sometimes, isn't it? Sometimes it's, we don't like to wait on God for things. We like just to make it happen. We like to produce it, just to to go ahead and put it in motion. And a lot of times in life we make decisions without really asking God's opinion. We don't go to his word. We We don't pray to him and ask have we really prayed this through? Have you really sought godly counsel? And God's given us a brain that, that, that gives us common sense, that shows us logic. Many times the answer is very obvious to us. We just don't see it. Right? If Joseph had left Egypt early, it may have been too soon. I can see Joseph being like, you know, I'm going to get on home. It's been three months. I'm sure it's fine. Let's just Let's just go. Well, God hadn't released him yet. He stayed. Patience is an area where we can all learn from God, and God's timing is perfected in our ability to be patient and to wait for him. So we see God's timing perfected many times in our patience. Secondly, God's timing is perfected in his protection. God's timing is perfected in his protection. Verse 16. Then Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious. And we hear this horrible thing that he did. He sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem in the region that were two years old or under. Because he had the time frame of when he thought this baby was born. who was supposed to be the king, and he was the king. Even though he wasn't, he was the ruler. And so he did this horrible thing. I can't imagine that. Like I said, I have a son that's almost three. I can't imagine a little child like that, all the little boys. Horrible, horrible thing that he did. God knew that Herod would be angry. God knew that Herod would do this, so he moves Jesus and his family to Egypt. And in the same way, God is working behind the scenes of your life to protect you. You know, if you know Jesus, the Bible says you are a child of God. He's your Abba. He is your Father. Now, God is fatherly to all mankind. He looks on, on all people and loves all people. But if you know Jesus, you have a special relationship with him that others don't. The Bible tells us we do. A special child-father-like relationship. If there were, if there were 15 children in, in here today, we had this kind of, you know, Christmas Eve, we had a bunch of children come down front for the children's message. And and if they were here, I I would love them all. You could love all of them, right? But if two of them were yours, you love them a little differently than the other 13. They're yours. That's how it is when God looks at people. He loves all humanity, all mankind, but for those that believe in him and love him, he gave the right to be called children of God. God has a special relationship with those who are children of God, and he protects us Differently and loves us differently than the rest of the world. That's just a fact. It's a blessing. We don't deserve it. Nothing we did to deserve it. It's the grace of Jesus, grace of God through Jesus Christ, through simply believing in him. So God's working behind the scenes of your life, if you know him, to protect you. In many ways, you don't even know. Verse 17 says that this was fulfilled. Again, this fulfilled what the prophet Jeremiah had said in verse 18. A voice was heard in Ramah weeping and loud lamentation. Rachel reaping for her children. She refused to be comforted because they are no more. That predicted this would happen. But it talks about Rachel. What is this about? Well, Rachel died while giving birth to Benjamin, Old Testament Rachel. She died when giving birth to Benjamin. And so when it says raping, uh, uh, Rachel weeping for her children, that it referenced the anguish felt by every mother. In Bethlehem, as they helplessly watched in horror as their children were taken away from her. Can you imagine that horrible thing? Yet God protected his child, Jesus. About a year or so ago, my family and I were driving back from Litchfield Beach. We were there for a day or something, I don't know, maybe the weekend. And we were going over the bridge there that takes us back from Litchfield into Georgetown. Kind of goes up a hill and kind of goes down. It was dusk, so the sun was setting and everything and we were kind of tired We'd been on the beach and all that and had the kids in the back and we may have had a, a baby at this point john david i don't remember but it was maybe a year or two ago and this truck old truck was filled to the brim with all sorts of things i mean for lack of a better word it was just junk hanging out of the truck it's probably illegal to have that much stuff hanging out it was just it really was just filled with all sorts of things and drivers driving recklessly and he was cutting people in and out and the kind of thing. And so I noticed this guy was driving bad. And, and stuff, little things started falling out of the truck. And on the back of the truck, right by the, the, the back of the bed where the tailgate was, there, you could tell there was just like this old, really large, like 400-pound, like 1975 vacuum cleaner. It was orange. You don't know the ones I'm talking about. It's big, heavy vacuum cleaners back in the day. Some of you know. Some of you don't. But anyway. And it was like fall, trying to fall out of the truck bed. And I'm thinking, gosh, if that thing falls out, we're going to have a problem, you know, because it's like, he's like changing lanes and swerving and everything. And it gets loose because he's going up the hill, up the ramp. So it gets loose coming out of the back and falls out of the truck bed and is hanging on by the power cord. And all this happens in about five seconds, but it takes a long time to, you know, obviously describe. And so then it gets in front of me and it starts hanging out and the, and the, and the um, vacuum cleaner starts hitting the ground, sparking and everything, and hitting the pavement as it's driving around. I'm thinking, Lord Jesus, you know, <laughs> protect us, right? And we're, and we're and Emily's like, oh, my gosh, you see that? I'm like, yes, I see that, you know. So we're just being very carefully and slow. And it gets to the top of the hill of that bridge, and that, that container comes out of the bed of the truck and starts cartwheeling down the road. And we're behind it. And so God gave me superhero reflexes. No, I'm joking, he didn't, but. I mean, I, I was watching it, right, and I did the best I could to, to kind of avoid it, and it started flipping down the road, and I slowed down as it flipped, and I didn't want to, you know, stop in the middle of the road if I didn't have to, and it flipped, flipped, and it just kind of skidded and stopped like five feet from, the front, right in the middle of our car. And I was like, Whew. and then we kind of went around it, and I'm sure someone else probably drove over it or something horribly, you know, because it's right there in the road. God protected us from that. I mean, what if I had been looking at my phone or something or talking to the children or talking to my wife or not paying attention? Just like that, right? God protects us. Many times he protects us in ways we don't even know. You know, our plans get changed. We we don't get to go somewhere. Maybe God's protecting you from something. God's always protecting us. And that's, that's part of what it is to wait on him. God, God indeed, he he, he gave word to this prophet so many years ago that this atrocity would happen because of the sin of Herod, the jealousy of Herod, that the sin would happen. God knows what the future holds. Even God years ago knew this would happen. He knows the good things. He knows the bad things. But we also know that he's working behind the scenes. Many times he saves us without us even knowing. God's timing is perfected many times in his protection third god's timing is perfected many times in his provision it's perfected in his provision verse 19 says when herod died behold an angel of the lord appeared in a dream to joseph in egypt saying rise take the child and his mother and go to the land of israel for those who sought the child's life are dead Amen. But he rose and took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he had heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there and being warned. In another dream, he went to the district of Galilee. So in God's timing, God tells Joseph to go back to Israel, but not to return to the land of Judea because Herod's son was there. So he went to another town in Nazareth. So Jesus grew up in a different city than he was born, according to what God knew would happen. Now, Herod didn't get away with this thing that he did. The Jewish historian talks about the death of Herod. It says that when he died, he had an intolerable itching all over the surface of his body, continual pains in his colon, tumors on his feet, inflammation of the abdomen, He had worms in his body, breathing difficulty, couldn't breathe when he sat upright on his own, and convulsion of his body, and he died a horrible death, horrible death. And then when, upon his death, his kingdom was divided up into three sons, and Archelaus was one, and Archelaus was worse, and he massacred 3,000 Jews who were celebrating his father's death. Massacred 3,000. So God says, no, you're not going back to that area. Herod's dead, but you're not going back. You're going over here. God's still working through, providing even for Jesus. Verse 23. And he went and he lived in a city called Nazareth. That what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled. He shall be called a Nazarene. So we see God providing for Joseph and his family, but also rightly judging Herod. And his wickedness. God provided for Joseph and his family by warning him yet again in a dream. You know, again, this is a special instance where God's talking to them in dreams, but Joseph didn't have to obey it. He chose to. Just like when God speaks to us. Just like when He speaks us to His Word. He tells us all about how to treat people and love people and forgive people and We don't have to obey it, but we do because it's best for us. God provides for us that way. As we get into 2022, think about the ways that God has provided for you in the past and the ways that he will provide for you in the future. And I'm not talking about your wants and your needs. There's a lot of wants I never get. One of these days, the Gamecocks will beat Clemson again. That's a want. Hopefully I'll be alive to see it. It's not a need, even though I might tell God it's a need, it's not. You know our basic needs, protection and food and shelter, those kind of things, God, God will provide for you that. Many times He provides that for you just through God's people, just through our Christian community. God provides, and we have to wait for Him sometimes but we know that he can provide for our needs. Not maybe our wants, but our needs. There's a woman named Joan Murray. She was a, a bank executive in Charlotte, North Carolina. She decided to go skydiving one day. I, I don't know if they paid her to do it. I guess it was her own choice. She paid for it. I don't think I would do that. Maybe if she paid me, I would do it. Maybe if it was my job, I would do it. But She did it, and she jumped off the plane at 14,500 feet. And as she was uh doing her free fall there she pulled the ripcord on her parachute nothing happened (laughs) everybody's worst nightmare right if you do that at least she had another rush of adrenaline didn't panic she knew she had a backup parachute so she pulled that at 120 miles an hour falling down she pulled the backup parachute and it opened up but then she lost her bearings and she struggled to right herself and she deflated the chute So she went from 120 miles an hour, she slowed down a little bit, to 80 miles per hour and hit the ground. 80 miles per hour. Now, she hit the ground with such a violent blow that it shattered her right side. It even jarred the fillings in her teeth. If You can imagine that. When they arrived on the scene, she was barely conscious. Her heart was failing. And when it seemed that things couldn't get much worse, she fell into a mound of fire ants. Can you believe that? That sounds like something that would happen to me, right? Gosh. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all, right? She fell into the mound of fire ants, and the emergency personnel estimated that she was bitten over 200 times by fire ants. Well, they took her into the hospital. The doctors treated her, saved her life. And they actually said that they, they believed that as her heart was failing, that what really saved her life was she kept getting stung by the ants. And every time an ant shocked, stung her, it shocked her heart enough to keep it beating. Now, I'm not praying that I fall in a mound of ants if something bad happens. But don't ever underestimate God's provision in your life. Amen? I don't want him to provide by an ant pile, but he might choose to do so. God protects us, he provides us in this year in 2022, that we would have the patience to understand that he protects us and he provides us. Heavenly Father, as we close our time together today, we thank you for how you do that, how you do protect us, how you do provide us. Whether it's falling into an ant pile whether it's a 1975 vacuum cleaner out of control, whatever it is, Father, we, we know that you protect us. Many of us probably have stories where we can look back and see that. And Lord, that we wouldn't just forget about those stories. They would be reminders of us, of your goodness, as we sang about today, the goodness of you, God. As we get into 2022, we would remember all the time. You've been there for us. So easy for us, Father, to think about what we don't have. Think about our problems. or Lord, even the country's problems. We get so wrapped up into those kind of things. Lord, we take our eyes off of you and how you've loved us, how you've provided for us in the best way possible by sending Jesus for us. And we thank you for the truth that whoever believes in Jesus' work on the cross and his resurrection from the grave wouldn't perish but have everlasting life. We thank you for that, Lord. So as we enter into 2022, Lord, we look back and thank you for how you provided for us. Even recently, even March 2020 when this pandemic started and some of us thought it'd you over in a week or two. We're still living in it. You're still providing, you're still protecting. So Lord, we thank you for that. We look forward to what this new year will offer as we seek to obey you and to follow you. Lord, if there's one in here that's never placed their faith in you before, that they would do so today. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.